and welcome back to another episode of the Gray Stage Podcast. This is episode number 38, The Gray Shame, part 7. That's right, part 7. This is the longest chapter of the book. This is also the last chapter of my book, The Gray Stage. Now, this chapter really was supposed to kind of bring us back full circle and take us from what we knew about David as he entered um, into the service, as he left the service, and how he got involved in the filmmaking process, and mostly the last months of David's life. And that's what most of this chapter is. So that's what we've been covering here. In case you have missed any of the previous episodes, you can always catch them right here. You can catch a video version on my YouTube channel, The Gray Stage. Wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you watch videos, you'll probably find it very easily. If you're looking for any documents, you can always find those at thegraystage.com. Just type that in and it'll come right up. Scroll down to the bottom of the main homepage and you will see all of the documents that we have, all of the different files, any videos, any audios, uh, whatever we have, you will find it on my website. So if you're looking for anything, any type of documents, if you have any trouble finding them, please let me know. You can always send an email to thegraystage at gmail.com. I'll be happy to get back to you as soon as I can or leave a comment on any of the videos that we make and be happy to get back to you as soon as I possibly can. You can also join the Justice for David Crowley and Family Facebook group. I hope you do. we got over 4,000 members there. We've been doing this podcast you know, Dan Hannon started the Justice for David Crowley and Family Facebook group a couple days after we found out about these crimes. We've been doing the podcast now for three years. We started this podcast in January of 2020, and you can see we are now in March of 2023. So just a little bit over three years. And how much more? Where does the podcast go from here? Those are some of the things that I'm thinking about some of the things, because once this book comes to a close, what happens to the podcast then? So think about that for these next few episodes. Just remember, on the first of every month, we will have a new audio episode and hopefully a video version uh, sometime either a few days before or hopefully a few days after. So I want to thank everyone who has supported us, for everyone who is, for everyone who cares about this case. Thank you all. And let's see what happens next. Where do we go from here? But for now, we're going to get into episode number 38 of the Gray Stage Podcast, always joined by Dan Hinnon and Sophia. She will be joining us here too. She had to jump off a little a little early, but that's okay. We still got uh, to have a good conversation between the three of us. And then after she left, we continued on with this section of this chapter, which really focuses on David Crowley and Danny Mason, and focuses on the legal issues that they were having. So this brings us, we start around September 26 of 2024, and this kind of uh, brings us through September 30th of, sorry, so we started, so this chapter, so this, so this episode starts around September 26 of 2014, and then it carries on through September 30th of 2014, when David Crowley decides he's going to go on Facebook posting as the Gray State page, and he is going to answer questions to the listeners, to the fans, to the people who have supported him 
And so on September 30th, that is exactly what he does, September 30th, 2014. That's the bulk of this episode. We go about one hour here, and I just want to thank you all. hope you all enjoy this. God bless you all, and thank you one more time. I'll keep thanking and thanking and thanking. And yes, we are trying to decide what happens after this chapter, because this is the final chapter. Do we stop the Gray Stage podcast? Do we continue on? We know that we're working on a second book called Buried Truth, but I don't know how long that's going to take. That may not be ready until the end of this year, 2023. Do we continue on at that point? We'll see. Only God knows for, for sure, and that's enough for me. God bless you all. Thank you again for listening, and here we go. I'll take it off, and uh, I'll lead off with Dan Hinnon here. One. Hello, my name is Dan Hennon. Welcome to another podcast of The Gray Stage, uh, podcast uh, regarding the book, The Gray Stage, written by Greg Fernandez, Jr. It's available on PDF and also on soft cover. Joining us today is Sophia and Greg and myself. We'll be discussing chapter 16 in the book, chapter 16. And really, this is episode, Greg, it's, it's, it's episode number 38 for The Gray Stage, uh, part number seven. It's on one, we'll be starting today on page 161 in the soft cover uh, book, which is part of chapter 16 in the book. Very good. Highly recommended book. Um, not because we're pushing um, book sales to Greg to uh, to become wealthy. He's offering the book for free on PDF. Uh, this is a book that's intended to garner attention and for people to read as a research tool. Um, no one's making money off the sales of this book. Uh so we're not pitching it, but it's very good. It's the only book out there on the case and the best one available. Once again, we'll be covering chapter 16. It's a long chapter. We'll be going through. I'll be reading it, uh, narrating it essentially paragraph by paragraph, and then we'll have commentary from Sophia, Greg, and myself in between. Any questions, guys? Sounds like a plan. And you said what, what, what page in the physical book? 161 I'll be reading 161. from. 161. Excellent. Try to have that. And once here. again, if anything comes up on the on these books, feel free to leave a comment, uh, ask a question. We do follow it after these uh, podcasts are published, and sometimes uh, things come up that we may have uh, may have missed or may have overlooked. All right. So, beginning really on this third looks like third paragraph down, page one sixty one. It begins in Greg's book. On September 26, 2014, Danny Mason sent David a one-page response about signing the, quote, Certificate of Employment and Release. Quote, before I can sign any sort of release concerning Gray State LLC, Danny Mason wrote to David, I request in, in exchange that you sign documentation allowing me complete access and control to Gray State, the RISE LLC. You have stated many times before this project is of no interest to you. I would like to continue work on this project with Robert Hoyt and produce a finished project for our fans. I request that you sign over ownership of the LLC and sign a similar waiver and release of claims that you are now requesting of me." End quote. There's a lot there, uh, a lot there. I think we go through one more paragraph here, guys. It goes on continuing, Danny Mason made it clear he was hesitant to sign the release for a handful of reasons. Quote, most importantly, he wrote, wrote Mason, because I have dedicated four years to Gray State. I have been intimately involved in the creating, casting, development, production, and marketing 
the project to this point. I've invested my time and energy, often at the expense of my job and financial security, with the understanding that eventually I would receive compensation. Though I have received nominal compensation, Danny Mason continued, I believe that I am rightfully entitled to 10% of the gross revenue of whatever may be generated from Gray State moving forward. I would request that documentation be ex executed prior to me releasing any other claims or rights I have. I hope you will understand and appreciate where I am coming from, and we can get this resolved quickly, end quote. Well, where do you want to start here, uh, folks? Didn't Sophia? Mason Hendricks say that Robert Hoyt was Danny Mason? Oh, good question. I don't know. Uh, Greg? Not. I don't remember that. Um I do I, I do remember we were able to find who Robert Hoyt is. I believe there is some it may have even been posted in the uh, group too about who he is and I believe his name is listed it may be on that on the gray state press kit too but I Robert Hoyt's name I believe has come up a couple times so that's all that I know about him. And before we get to that, um, for the for the listeners just joining in here, there was this contractor or contractual obligation or this attorney um, legalese that Mitch Heil had to sign over, which he did. And the other person was Danny August Mason, which received this legal ease documentation signing over um, of the rights. In fact, you could look at it almost as a contract. Uh, David sent a form requested a form to Danny August Mason, almost as a as a contract, uh, you know, offering him to sign it. Now, with a in in business law or, or legal and our attorney speak, there's really three things that can happen with that. Uh, David Crowley sent this on behalf of his attorney, or you know, sent it to Danny August Mason. There, someone receiving something like this has three options: you can you can choose to sign it or agree to it. You can choose to not sign it or disagree with it, or you have the option to um, counter, counter offer, make a counter offer in return, which is neither saying yes or, or saying no, but it's countering with a new contract. Now, that's what Danny August Mason is doing here. He's countering. So before you can counter and what he did here in writing, he didn't do this by himself. This is this has attorney written all over. Someone helped him craft this letter that wrote back. So he did put a lot of time into it. He did to put some thought into it. He talked with his attorneys. He got this contract in August uh, to sign sometime in August. I'm not sure if it was the beginning or, or the end, uh, but he got it in August. Nothing happened. And finally in September, we get this response from Danny Mason that could have easily been sent from his attorney and uh, Danny Mason could have been CC'd or copied on it, uh, but he just did a reply on the email and said, here's my answer. The words he used, you know, the word execute, um, getting to this as quick as possible. In uh, the time I've spent doing this, um, the evidence that he that he says that David, you yourself, had said you have little interest in this project. So he's throwing out facts in, to support his piece. He's just, just not saying, hey, how about you sign this and we call it good. We put a lot of time into this. He spent four years. So 20, this is 2014, which means 2010. Danny August Mason has has begun putting time and energy, um, essentially blood, sweat, and tears into this project. Now it's four years later, and you're getting something 
sent from your boss or your your coworker, your partner, essentially saying, I want you to you know, sign off that you have nothing to do with this. So, of course, he's not going to like that or um, appreciate that. Yeah. So he says, how about, you know, you give me the rights to the other thing. The other project for the newer listeners is a documentary, not called The Gray State, uh, but the called it was called Gray State, The Rise. Gray State, The Rise is a documentary, uh, 90 minutes or something to that effect uh, of it's very good. Good documentary, of course, talking about things that are going on in real life. Um, not a fictional film, but a documentary. Um, and so he's basically saying, you, we'll swap it over. Um, I'm not leaving here with nothing, is what Danny August Mason was saying. You're not going to get me out. Give me something in return, and I'll think about doing this. And so that's that's fair enough. Everything he's saying here, I think, is fair. Danny August. Yeah, but how much work, how much effort did Danny August Mason put into the rise? When you look at it, that all looks like a David Crowley project. So well, why? The, the that's a good point. Sean Wright uh, really babysat the rise. Dan David Crowley did most of the work. So to your point, I don't know what on this documentary, the documentary is basically interviewing, getting interviews of people, setting up the sound, the light, the studios, uh, getting it on recording and then putting all these pieces together into documentary documentation format for a documentary. So Danny August Mason doesn't have skills and background in any any one of those things. His is acting. His is coming up with the scripts and doing take one, take two, take three. So I don't know if he has anything like that. So. To clarify my point is what he's what he's offering is fair as far as um, from a legal standpoint. You can you can make that offer, um, but what you're saying, Greg, is that it's not accurate. He didn't do all those things. He doesn't get those things. I also agree with that. That's not that's not a, a, a fair a fair play to say. Just it's not even. So 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 David Crowley's job then is to get the answer, and then to either counter that. Or he himself now has the option to say, yes, I'll agree to those terms. No, I will not agree to those terms. Or I'll come back with a counter to counter offer your original offer. Now, anything that, that he does, any action that he takes, makes the original, very original offer void and null. If he says, yes, I'll agree to your counter offer, or no, I'll agree to your counter offer, or yes, I'll make another brand new counter offer, it eliminates the first one. He never responds. He never answers. So this counter offer is off the table. It's never dealt with. So we only have the original one sitting out there that Danny August Mason never gave an answer to. He just gave this counter. And so that's what's out there. David Crowley and Danny August Mason did everything on the movie, the film. They did all the work. Now, there's only one thing here before we get to the next paragraph. Uh, or, or Sophia has a point. The when I mean they did everything was they were the major points uh, of casting, doing the script, doing the takes, getting the lighting, the audio, all these pieces done. Danny August Mason says that clearly. Here's all the things that I've done: this, 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 the marketing, the business, all the things. The very things he told the detectives that he had nothing to do with the project. So this right here could be a quote. This evidence could go back to Apple Valley detectives and to say, when you asked him straightforward, what role did you have in the movie? The movie, not the documentary, not the rise, just the film. 
He said, I'm nothing more than an actor. Nothing more than an actor is his exact words on his words, not ours, that he told detectives. Now he's saying that I did creating, I did the casting, development, production, marketing. I did all these things. He's a business. He's in. He has a stake. He's, he's talking a 10% stake for what he's doing. 10%, I guess, is for what all the stuff that he's did is probably fair for what he did, which means he lied to detectives as far as what your role is. So that's why this this very first is this very first paragraph of this episode today is huge because it tells so much. Danny August Mason says in October, I believe, and and November and even early December, he says, I can't answer you, David, on your request because I need to talk with my attorney first. Remember when he said that? Yeah. He goes, I can't answer. I, it's I got to throw it. I got to run it past my attorney. Well, September 30th, he obviously ran it by his attorney because we've already got the answers of what the attorney said. So he yeah. was in communication with his attorney from the beginning. So Danny August Mason is keeps burying himself every step of the way with lies, half truths and, and things that are not legit. Uh, uh, Sophia, did you have a question? No, I just have a point. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Mason Hendricks texts Greg on March 8th, but I'm not sure of the year. Uh, Danny Mason or Robert Hoyt, that's right. He spells his name that way. You're not annoying. You're really want, uh, if you really want to F with Danny, just ask him how much of the gray state that he owned. If I remember correctly, David gifted him 10%. The amount of dirt on Danny that Sean and I have is comical. He considers himself a master, uh, JKD, you know, that Bruce Lee shit that <laughs> never, know. that has never uh, been in a fight. He thinks he is a militia man and that he could be in the military, but fell and bumped his knee once and complained the whole time that and wouldn't film. He's a phony. <laughs> So what Sophia said there is is the Robert White side, which is the documentary Gray State, the rise that he wants to take over and 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 get. Basically, he's just offering a swap. I'll I'll do this and go with it. You do that and go with it. Uh, and so he wants to get it done for the fans. Uh, I request he's re simply requesting that you sign over ownership of the LLC and a similar waiver. You know, he's signing over the business now in this case, the yeah, LLC, this is which is a limited partnership uh, limited liability corporation sign it all over to me well that's that's pretty huge request give me the business now, yeah we, i we know the, that after not wanting to release it sean wright did end up releasing it officially after he had time true. to edit it and clean it up and make it his own he he released it and was hoping to charge and make money to do it because he got nothing out of that either that was released on the uh soon afterwards uh by the person the individual who went rogue and released it, Greg. Remember that um, yes. individual's name, but that was all relating to Gray State: The Rise, and that's that documentary. But yeah, and, and um, that was um, Danny, not Danny Ox Mason, but Mason Mason Hendricks and and Sean Wright were actually both part of that post death project. Yeah, and, and and during you know before the death, they these guys, meaning the project guys, were thinking they were going to make money off the project the movie project or the web series, the documentary project, and they all were going to have a windfall of cash. 
Right now they get the movie going down the line saying, please sign off. Cause I'm going to take this and run with it myself. And so yeah. he's, you can see Mason is jockeying for position. Danny August Mason. He's jockeying here. Yeah. And um, um, the, the other thing about that date is it's a very important date. September 26, 2014 is the same day. I believe it could have been September 30th. Oh, 26. Um, sorry. Was it? Yeah. No, but the, I'm trying to think of the day that David Crowley went and spent a, a couple hours on Facebook um, talk, answering questions. We're getting to that. It's coming. Okay, up. So, okay. So that must be later. That must that be is on the 30th. 30th. Okay. Which I thought it ties back to this whole thing on the 26th is a very good point because Danny August Mason, now per his attorney or by him personally is how he's kind of purporting it to be is here's what I want. I'm doing this in return. I'm a big player here. I'm a, I got my chips in the game. I'm a big stake player. Here's what I want. Here's are my demands. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and just, it kind of backfires because David Crowley says, uh, hey, wait, wait a minute. I'm the one calling the shots here. Not you guys. Not any of you guys. And just one more thing about what Sophia read there is because um, this this was some of the first time that I really understood that there are factions. There are gray state teams. There are factions within this this thing. These guys aren't even supposed to be part of the gray state team at this Before point. or after the deaths? Um, I, you know, it's, it's really hard. Definitely after because, sure, um, sure. yeah, definitely after, but I don't know how far back this, this whole, you know, teams went where you have Sean Wright, uh, and Mason Hendricks on one side, you have Danny August Mason and, uh, Robert, Robert Hoyt. And I think a couple other people too. And you see that there are, are, are these sides forming here and they probably, this probably started right around this time, if not May of 2014, when David Crowley finally got a real deal. I think this really may have pushed some of those people um, to start forming teams to, to start thinking about, you know, okay, well, if David does go, go forward, there, there may not be enough room for everybody. Let's kind of push some of these people out. Let's, let's stir up trouble. So when Mason... Hendricks says that he had dirt on Danny, Danny August Mason. I mean, that's a that's a big deal because he should not be telling me those things. First of all, why is he even telling me that? He's telling me that because Danny August Mason is trying to go forward with David's project, and he's mm -hmm. not going going to include Sean Wright. He's not going to include any of those other gray state goons. So it just makes me wonder how far back. This, these sides were actually forming, but as we get here to September 2026, now it's legal. Now we're talking about legal things, and it just seems like it's between Danny August Mason and David Crowley. I really don't. I, I know it seems. I know Danny August Mason was stalling, but I kind of think David Crowley was also stalling too. David Crowley wanted Danny August Mason to sign those papers. I don't believe David Crowley, and I could be wrong. I'm just guessing. I don't believe David Crowley had any intention of ever giving. Danny August Mason any rights to the rise um even if he he did it's still David Crowley's project he would still get credit everybody would still credit him even if Danny August Mason rewrote the whole thing re-edited the whole thing took all of, of those clips out everything that David Crowley did even if he took all of that stuff out people are still going to think this is David Crowley's project Danny August Mason is pretty much screwed here and once he's out of that of that script it's pretty much over. So maybe you're right. Maybe he's like, I, I need something. I got to have something for all of my hard work since two, 2010, right up until 2014. So that's an interesting point. Yeah. It. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Also on uh, September 21st in the day one journal, uh, 
Danny is still stonewalling me on the release document. I don't care. If he wants to burn up his energy, fine. I'm getting my legal ship in order. The expensive, an expensive ordeal. Uh, the BX is almost gone. Mitch and I are amicable, and he signed his release, which is a big thing all along. And then uh, September 23rd, he just says that he's in a holding pattern maintaining a keep the lights on schedule work routine not much energy for anything else so, then he's talking about anxiety on the 26th he's waiting for the mics because he had sent off that new script yep and i'm not sure what else in regards to danny and while, so, you, and while you look for that, take, take your time, Sophia, just for the newer listeners uh, and for those who are newer following the cases, uh, the contract that, that David Crawley got or was working on with the mics, never did it say anywhere that he had to take this legal course of action. He already had the, the green light. They were going, moving forward, whether he had this piece of paper signed or not. It's when David Crawley talked to his attorney to say, how should I navigate these waters. What should I do here? What do you think I should do? Because I've got some people in my business and this thing's going to take off. His attorney advised him to get the, the co-partners, the people in business that had a legal right to any of this. If it take, if it takes off and if it took off and things went good, he says, you can't come back later as well. I'm, I'm assuming you can't come back later and fix and address these things. They have to be addressed now. So he's the one who said, first point of order, get those two, the letters, and don't come back to me or the mics until you have them both signed. That's why David was in this holding pattern. He got the green light to move forward. He didn't have to. He could have moved forward with the mics and said, let's let's start. Let's start the process. Let's sign and get this thing going. And his attorney just says, you know, it, you're going you're gonna to be in some problems with some sticky players down the road if this doesn't get done. So I think that's when he said, stop everything. Get this done and do nothing until this is resolved. Get this resolved. Get an answer from Danny August Mason before you do anything. Mitch Heil was an easy thing. He got it signed, returned, and it was a done deal. So as we hear of everyone saying the contract fell through, the contract was stalled, the contract was tabled, it's none of those things. But David, from a legal perspective, watching his own back, and what I call it is David being the upright stand-up person that he was, always wanted to do things right. He wanted to dot the I's and cross the T's. Once again, I never met him. I'm not standing up for the guy and what a great person he was. What I'm saying is we have a history of David Crowley doing what was right, um, following the steps, following the advice he asks for people in these career positions. And he took it. So I don't know if a lot of people out there, uh, if any of the three of us were, you know, you know, given this contract for $30 million to move forward, would you go back and waste the time on dotting the I's and crossing the T's? Maybe. But if you wouldn't have heard back for two or three months, you probably would have said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward. I, I can't wait. I'm chomping at the bit to do this. David held his composure this whole time and says, no, I'm not doing anything until you sign it. And so it came down. Nothing happened in October, nothing in uh, October, November, December. He gave him the December 9th. I think it was the 9th or the, or the 
6th or the 16th as a deadline. He gave him a deadline. He says, Danny August Mason, what's your answer? Yes or no? What is it? I got to know. I can't keep playing around. So that was it. And that's when we see that Dan, Danny August Mason in a corner, he was a caged animal. He had no way out. Um, he had nothing else he could do. So I think that's the main, the thrust of this whole point is Danny, uh, David probably took the advice was by his attorney, rightly so, and said, I'm not doing anything until everything else can wait. He says, I need this answer and I need it in a legal form and I need him to sign off that he's not doing it so he can move forward. Now his attorney ultimately was right here because this would have been a big whole hummer of a problem escalating because they all would have been suing each other if the project went and moved forward. That's true. Um, anything else, Sophia, on on that? Uh, no. How about Just, the point uh, that, he, that he said he did all these list long list of things on the project, and then the detectives asked, "What did you do?" "Oh, I'm just an actor. Nothing more. I'm an actor." Goes out of his way to oh. say nothing more than an actor in this film. So, right there, he's he's lying to detectives. Anytime there's lying with detectives, are red flags that go up. Apple Valley mm -hmm. didn't know this. They didn't take the time to do the research. They would have found out all this information. Exactly. Just a patsy. He's just a patsy, guys. <laughs> um, anything else, guys? Nope. I'm good. All right. Comel's. Now, it gets interesting here because it says, Comel's sister, Sidra, advised me, Detective Gummert reported. This is the lead detective for Apple Valley, Detective Gummert. That over the course course of the summer, she learned that David did not get a contract, or the contract was canceled. She was uncertain of those details, but advised me that whatever occurred in California had fallen through, and that David no longer had any agreement with the production company. End quote. Huge. Well, not not huge, but this is what I call uh, detectives speak is called um, hearsay. This is all just hearsay. Not no facts here, whatever. Everything Sidra said here, we turned out it turned out to be false. He did have a contract and nothing was canceled. So here's now Detective Gummert believing no follow-up is being done as far as we know here, as far as checking to do follow-ups like detectives do to say, Hey, is this stuff correct that she's saying? Well, what he does is take her word and say the deal was canceled. All of them wrong. Now, however, according to what President of Michael Entertainment Group Mike Boggio explained to Dan Hennon and to what David posted on social media in September of 2014, Gray State was going to be pitched as a television series. Now, here's your point, Greg, coming up. On September 30th, very important, David Crowley spent some time on Facebook answering questions from his supporters. Quote, it seems like there's a lot of questions and expectations about this project. For the next 20 minutes or so, I will answer your questions directly. Exclamation point. End quote. Once again, him being open and honest with the fans, setting aside 20 minutes, saying, hey, I'm here. I'll answer them directly. Now, there are very two, two very important posts from David Crowley that were either deleted or have been hidden from public view. One post was made on December 9th, 2014, and the other was dated September 30th, 2014. This is the uh, day that can you... Yeah, go ahead. Okay, there is a post in the journal that was also deleted on September 30th. I know this because it has September 30th, 2014, 1124, and then the Ramsdale Drive address and the temperature, and then it's blank. 
And when you do a day one journal entry, you could go in and you could delete that entry, but it still leaves up the date and everything. It keeps the log of the it tracks the log of some activity was done, whether or not something was deleted. So it still shows mm -hmm. that there was activity. There was at one point something there. September 30th, big day here, big day. I just uh, stopped for one one second just to go back to the Sidra because what Sidra was telling Detective Gummert about the project being um, canceled or it had you know it didn't really didn't really work out, which is the same thing that David's dad will end up telling them, you know, if if it's David's dad that wrote that in the um, the, the family timeline, right? David's dad had pretty much said, yeah, David called me and told me that the project, or that David walked from the project, I believe, was the actual quote there. But it makes, it. Do, I do wonder who told Sidra that? I don't believe that she's just basically making it up. I think somebody told her that. And who was she talking to during that that period that time period that would have told her that? Uh, I've always been curious about. That. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and as far as the Gray State Project guys, I don't believe she ever met any of those guys, or even was possibly even in communication with any of the Gray State guys until after the deaths. That that was my understanding personally that she didn't know even who these guys were right. until afterwards. Mm -hmm. And she flew up and met with them, and they all became best friends, and all this great stuff happened. But at this point where we're at here in the book, I don't believe she's even in communication with any of those guys, but that's a fair point question. Uh, Greg, where did it come from then? Where did she get that information from or where did she assume? Where did she get, you know, how did she come to that decision? It was wrong. She didn't know it was wrong. I think she honestly said that's what she thought at the time is what someone told her. The question is who's that someone? Yeah. I've all, I've always wondered that. Who was who that? Because by that time, the I think Detective Gummer talked to her pretty quickly after these deaths. So there wasn't that much time. And how, yeah, how think, did that even get brought up? I, I think, the you know, the father was going through the hospice care with Nalia. And so Gummer was spending his time with, with Sidra. You know, the information was going just really that direction, was it not? So and so she all she had and she was living in Texas for those new to the case. Not much. They were best friends. Her and you know Sidra and uh, Kamel were, were best friends, very close. But I don't know how much Sidra knew of the Gray State Project at all, other than what David said and what Kamel, you know, relayed to her. Um, I don't know how how close that was, but somehow it came about that it was canceled or shut down. That's not the case. But how did she get there? How did she get to that point to say that? So. Very good. It's a good point. Uh, why did she even get to that, uh, you know, concept? And maybe, you know, Kamel was pulling back at the same time. Um, interesting. They had not stopped paying their uh, uh, car rental on the car that Mr. Alam gave them. And so maybe Kamel was starting to be you know, coy as well with her uh, best friend's sister. But somehow they got on the wrong track. Now, so that's the that's the Sidra part. Now we get into the uh, going down middle of page one sixty two. Two very important posts. The missing post from September thirtieth included a question by a supporter as well as an answer by David Crowley, posting as Gray State. So keep in mind too that there were several Facebook pages and groups. David Crowley had his own personal Facebook page. There was also a Facebook 
group that he was the admin of and would make posts. And when he would make a post and hit submit, the public would see, you know, the gray state was, was posting it. But we know that this was him. Posting his gray state in the post, David Crawley mentioned his plans for rebuilding a trustworthy team. And those were the exact words, too. Continuing on, page 163 asked what his biggest holdup was with the fictional movie. Crowley responded, quote, I'm doing this myself. I say we and team a lot. But when it comes to nuts and bolts, working, writing, leveraging the project into securing Hollywood money, it's just me. I hope to change this by reinvigorating the process, rebuilding a trance, a trustworthy team. End quote. We still do not know who removed or hid this post from the Gray State Facebook page or why. Hopefully the post will reappear one day. And Greg, very good way to word that there. That was removed. It could have been deleted. It could have been hidden. All we know is that it was there after the death. Someone pointed it out. People did get screenshots of it. Right. And I think yeah. sent that to Apple Valley uh, Police Department to say, look, there's things missing from f the Facebook page. Why is someone deleting things? Can you please investigate it? Him's looking for a trustworthy team and rebuilding. Basically, I take that as I have discovered and found the snakes within my inner circle are all snakes. I'm starting from scratch. So the information comes out on the 26th about Danny's response. And I want 10%. Give me the company. I'm doing all this work. And here's David knowing, once again, Danny August is going to read it. Danny August Mason is going to read it, saying, I'm doing this all myself. I say we and team a lot, but I'm doing this all myself. That is just sticking the uh, the knife in the back of Danny August Mason and more than that, twisting it. So yeah. this is done for two purposes. Once he's answering the questions for the first side to the, to the, to the fans. Number two is he knows Danny August Mason is going to read it. And so he's letting him have it. I'm doing all this myself. I'm rebuilding a trustworthy team. In other words, I don't trust my current team. Those are huge words. Yeah. And, and the, the timing, right? There, there can't be, it could be a coincidence, but come on, it's not this a coincidence. This is days later, so he's letting the gauntlet down. The, the gavel's coming down, but the rubber's hitting the road here by saying, no, I, I need a new group, I need a new team, I'm doing all this myself. And Four and days after getting a contractual <laughs> um, you know, offer, a counter offer from the very person that he's intending this message to be seen by. Right. And this makes you think, okay, did you ever have a trustworthy team to, to use that word too, is a big, big deal. Um, and so when these guys all come out and say that they were part of this team, they had no, they don't know why David would ever want to distance himself from them. They don't understand it. There must be something wrong with David instead of realizing maybe David thought there was something wrong with them. And that's why he had to rebuild a trustworthy team because the team that he had or the team that he was distancing himself from could not be trusted and should not be trusted. And I think they've done everything after David's death to show why these guys should not be trusted and why they are shameful people who tried to take David Crowley's project and tried to run with it, change it, to make money off of it, to take credit for it. And they continue to do that after David dies, where they say, you know, even though David said he was rebuilding this this team, and they put this out there in a post, we were, we were always there. They make it very clear. David was not the only person working on this, et cetera, et cetera. But then at the same time, they go on and they say David was distancing himself. We don't know why. He must have been going crazy. 
That's what they're basically saying. Hallucinogens, drugs, marijuana, um, into conspiracy theories. All these things is what they threw his direction. They were playing all these cards uh, in, a, in a poker hand, for instance. They're playing all the cards so everyone gets distracted without saying the truth. Here's what's going on. Now, what we know that the evidence supports that David Crowley, the decisions he made were typically correct. And, and I didn't know the guy, once again, that this, the decisions he made was correct. He had a very good radar, you know, for things when his antenna went up regarding the attorney uh, deal and this. And he had to rebuild. He slowly got that. Now, we know this from the facts and the evidence proves from the goon squad that none of them could be trusted. Now, once again, I didn't know any of them. I don't know any of them today. I don't personally know them. But the evidence, once again, the facts, laying it straight out. David was right. These people could not be trusted. He knew better to, uh, you know, to trust them. And his when his radar went off, his antenna went off, and he started pulling away, yes, they had to spin that as him being distant, him losing um, his mind, going crazy. He was losing weight. He looked gaunt. He was. He became strange. Well, that's that's the response to someone trapped in, into a corner, uh, an animal trapped. And so they had to come out and redirect and deflect all this stuff and say that he was the bad guy. And the police ate it up hook, line, and sinker. The police took it all in this guy's nuts. Hey, in fact, you guys are telling us so much good information here. Let's sit down with, with Fox 9 and let's do an investigative thing on the news and let's do some interviews with the Star Tribune, the local uh, media here, because you guys are telling us some really good information. That's the stuff that got aired. Right. That's what <laughs> the they were. Just... Making David Crowley look bad. And that's what got aired. And the, and the problem here, once again, is the Apple Valley Police Department not knowing able to separate how to separate the wheat from the chaff on all this information coming in. What's real, what's not. They never followed up. All this stuff was lies. Yeah. Yep. Very interesting there. Now, continuing on, it says, um, Sophia had to jump off here. Uh, we'll continue on. Responding to a question about the documentary, Gray State, The Rise was going to be released. David Crowley responded, The Rise has suffered, quote, a catastrophic hard drive loss earlier this year. I'm working to get it back together. In parentheses, he says, hopefully for a free, all uppercase, free online release. You guys deserve a little something. And he closes the paragraphs there. Uh, I really have to be careful, though, because a mishandled doc release could absolutely sink all capitals production on the film or the series. I'm treading carefully, making sure that everything works out to the best, end quote. And this is, once again, the other response from David Crowley. He's trying to give it away for free. Now, this is a public post on September. Well, wait, when was this one? Yeah, September 30th. They, Still part of that. Uh, uh, Sean Wright, this was his baby and spent all the time doing this. And I think he he called it 90% of the, the rise was all his work. <laughs> I did it all. I did it all. And I'm going to sell it and we're going to make money. Here's David saying, I'm sure for the first time ever, we're going to give this away for free. Someone else's work that Sean's been doing. <laughs> we're going to give Sean, we're going to give Sean's work away for we're gonna free. We're going to give this piece away and I'll take the rest and Danny August Mason will have nothing. Can you see how the hatred for this David Crowley all came about. They they really were upset. 
uh, when all this came about. So now, Greg, do you believe that there was even a catastrophic hard drive fail during this time? Or was this something, was this a card he was playing in this chess match that was going on with the guys? That's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever really thought thought about that. He may have been using that. Um, yeah, I never really thought about that. I, I think that that's possible. Um, that he's would delaying, mean that ultimately he's delaying. he's delaying it because he's blaming it on the hard drive loss. But was there really a hard drive loss? That'd be another thing that maybe someone could come out and and talk about or leave a comment in the bottom section here. Maybe even someone from the team did that exist or was or is that just hearsay once again? Right. Yeah, I never thought about. You got me thinking now here. This can be dangerous. This this September. So Greg, and for the, for the folks listening here on the show, this September, August, September, October, November, December is all chess. These are all chess moves that these guys are all making to cover their own. But Danny, uh, the dad, uh, David Crowley, Comel, everyone's doing these chess moves behind the scenes, uh, jockeying for position here on this on the chessboard. Right. This could be one of them from David Crowley saying, hey, I lost a bunch of stuff on the hard drive. Well, David, we know, had all his stuff backed up on multiple things. He was very meticulous in backing things up. I find it hard to believe that he had a hard drive that crashed and he lost everything. You think maybe he was just kind of stalling again to get Danny to sign and or to do something because it it was supposed to come out. I think the the rise was, and we'll find that later and, on and, in this. You know, the fans were pushing for this, either the movie or yeah. the documentary, whatever it was. They they were just waiting and waiting, and, and they were losing. I don't want to say losing fans, but people were becoming upset. You were part of that group or not, or was it uh, Ross for sure? Yeah, Ross. Ross was. But, yeah, there were many people that were like, dude, you've been saying this is going to com- come out since, since 2012. Where is it? Where is it? There were people saying, you know, this is never going to happen. This is a, a complete psyop and all that. We got all that stuff. It's crazy. And so David's responding to people's questions, which are legitimate, with yeah. chess type of moves meant for the inner circle, but also not lying to potentially to the to the crowd. He was fighting a bunch of battles here Uh with all of this it's very smart for him to get all of that out there in public in the public record the guy was very very smart that's a that's a brilliant chess move i think now continuing on the bottom of 163 it says september 30th 2014 was a very important day as david crowley had big plans for 2015. now this moves on uh this this next paragraph here moves on to the uh the side of things where there was no suicide whatsoever uh, as far as david crowley people think that he wanted to commit suicide all the plans were for huge 2025, 2015. Quote, today's posts represent the first visible beginnings of the gray state resurrection. I can't get into too much too soon, but with the right amount of hard work, strategy, and miracle juice, the beginning of 2020, uh, 2015 should see some amazing progress. End quote. Huge statement right there. And I don't think the police detectives saw that either, or maybe they did because now... Once again, there's no motive because you you can't say suicide. He just got done saying this is going to be tremendous. Crowley also wrote about a, quote, new revamped website coming soon. And many of his last known conversations involved plans for the future of his projects. Yeah. Um, going back to the 20, the last thing that David Crowley said there about 
um, talking about the be beginning of 2015. This is a huge statement because we've been looking and trying to, to document all of the times David is planning for his future. This is another clear cut case here where people are saying by August, by September, he was pretty much done. He had given up. He's not going to work on this case, blah, blah, blah. I forget what the exact date David's dad says that they had that call. And David said, no, I'm not going to go on with this project. But here you have more evidence, David Crowley planning for his future. And you will see that all the way up until, uh, up until December of 2014, he is planning for his future up until six days before Christmas, I believe, too. You know, it's, it's just crazy how much data that there is to show David Crowley was planning for his future. And then you have so many people saying, no, he wasn't. He was, he was planning this murder suicide and they couldn't do that because we kept pointing that stuff out. So then they said, okay, well he just, he just snapped. And then that was the, yeah. they had to fall back on the snap version because the documentation, we had a bunch of people on the justice page, go back. And like you said, Greg, document all of the things that David said as actual quotes that came out of his mouth or from the keyboard of his machine that said that he was looking forward to 2015, looking forward to the future, being positive, being upbeat. Never once was he down in the dumps and saying, you know, I'm going to give up this, this whole thing. Even the catastrophic hard drive fail, he puts a positive spin on it. So there's no evidence. A suicidal person will go through weeks, months, years of a decline and finally say, you know what? I just, I just can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't do it. David, you never see this. So he then had the, the, the people pushing the official narrative have got it, had to say, you know what? Something must have made him snap. Then they said, oh, it's PS, PTSD. Is something in the war, something in uh, overseas. And he snapped because of all of his things he saw in the world that he never got therapy for and he just snapped. So those are things that they will plant in and you can see the responses from people. Um, once they know they're not right, then they switch gears and play a different card to respond to those types of things. That's true. Snap, crackle, pop. It is. And, and repeatedly on September 30th, 2014, David wrote about his vision for the Grey State franchise. Franchise. Quote, a series which could be produced and released way faster than a film has been and has the potential to subvert the system. How can it not? Sorry, guys. But Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, while entertaining, lack a real world purpose. Gray State will not be, will not fail you. How could it? So he's saying here that, yes, a film takes a lot of, lot of time. If they're going to turn this into a series, a franchise, things they could, they could pump out episodes like a miniseries much quicker, it's going to be that. Game of Thrones, highly entertaining, Breaking Bad, highly entertaining. But David, once again, is correct. What's the real world purpose of either one of those shows? And they had huge followings. This would really be huge because it has a real life. I think in today's world here, 2023, where we're speaking, is, is this could have been a huge thing as people in the public, uh, people are waking up to what's all going on. And David was doing this um, way back, um, trying to wake people up and have a almost a mini series of real world things. I could imagine it now being a huge success if there was a something you could turn on that that was exposing real world kind of things. Uh, we're we're using YouTube and Rumble and BitChute now to get this information, but boy, a, a mini series or something. But we all know if this was too close to the truth, it would have been censored, blocked, and exnate anyway. So mm -hmm. very true. Continuing on, it says, creating the Gray State franchise with Davis was David Crowley's full-time job. 
and he was doing everything he could to ensure the success of the franchise. Quote, it'll either be a great success story, a spectacular, highly visible failure, <laughs> visible failure, or either way, I guess we all put our best, put in our best shot, right? I guess that could be said about where the country is headed to, end quote. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty scary <laughs> reading that and seeing where the country went after, you know, after this and after David passed and everything. Um, pretty interesting stuff there of what, of what he's talking about and of where the country was headed back then. Um, you know, depending on a person's view, I guess, on how the country is today. All right. We got time for a couple more paragraphs. Sure. Yeah. We can go a few more. And it's right, you know, many people did look at David Crowley as some, you know, some sort of a prophet here. Things that he's saying and things he's observing and things that he's predicting are all coming true. You know, we're not going to go that far here in, in this book or on this podcast, but there were things like that that he was just very awake. He was very, he knew what was going on and he saw what was coming. Continuing on. The questions kept coming and David Crowley answered as many questions as possible within those dedicated 20 minutes. Crowley was attempting to reach out directly to his supporters and doubters in order to address the criticism that the project received for its multiple delays in production. Starting a Kickstarter campaign for future production costs is more evidence that David Crowley was actively planning for the future in September 2014. We want to run a Kickstarter due to popular demand, but if we do, it'll be for a very specific person, like hiring a behind-the-scenes crew to document production run live broadcasts, and give constant updates to fans. I never wanted the fans to fund this. That's like making your kids pay for their own Christmas presents. End quote. Once again, he's spot on the money. The final paragraph on page 164 says, David Crowley was still trying to get, quote, big budget funding for Grace State in September 2014. Hopefully, wrote David, the strength of this project as a whole and what it represents with the people will help me get a big budget without sacrificing my intent. But hey, if I can't, then I'll take it back to low-budget indie, like the 2012 trailer, end quote. Hmm. Now, this too shows David had a plan B just in case his big-budget dreams came crashing down. Very good point, uh, Greg. He, he goes out of his way to say he's not going to lose the intent or give up the intent. He's, he needs to keep the focus of the film to be there if he sells out and they say granted we'll take it to a big uh, big screen theaters uh, but we're going to kind of rewrite and tone down some of your verbiage he wasn't going to agree to that we can't we can't tone it down to make it friendly for all uh, or politically correct this had to be hard hitting Next yeah. page. this this also shows it once i mean it just time after time where it's like even if this doesn't work out even if nobody buys this thing he's going to make it the same way that he made that $6,000 trailer, $6,600 trailer. Look at what he did for $6,600. Can you imagine what he could do for 60, with 60 grand, with, with 100 grand? He could probably do something very, very powerful. But once again, it, it, it goes against what they're saying. Even if the project was dead, we know 100% the project was not dead. But even if it was, he had a plan B to make sure that the project would never die. That, that there would be some type of a of a follow-up of a follow-through to that 2012 trailer 
And all these people know it. All of his friends and all of them probably know. It. They probably read the same stuff that we've all read. Why don't they see that? Or do they see it and they don't want to see it? Are they blind to well, it? They can't allow it to come forth, I think, because yeah. the evidence all points only one direction. So the, the point here of a statement, it shows David as a talented leader. Uh, a leader in my book is someone that's that does things without fear of failing. Yep. David clearly says this thing could fall on its face or it could become wild, wildly popular. He says, whatever the answer, we're doing it either way. He was not afraid of losing. He was not afraid of failing. Uh, that's a rare thing to find in a talented leader, whether it's in the business world, wherever, uh, on the sports field. A leader like that to say, we want to take the chance. We want to do it. we got to get it out there. It may fail. It may be successful. But we're doing it either way. So right. very, very good. Uh, and once again, it shows David had it together, uh, thinking very clearly. Uh, high, high IQ. Uh, he knew what was going on. A brilliant man. New developments had en have enhanced the project's honesty and dedication to its origins, wrote Crowley. This is going to be brutal, end quote. Hmm. Crowley also reminded people to, quote, stay tuned for updates. We will keep the entire production process as wide open as possible. He wanted to be transparent. What do you think these new developments are that he's talking about? Do you think that has to do with, once again, Danny August Mason kind of getting the shaft? Boy, good question. I don't know. What are these new? I mean, what it, what it could be very well with the with the deal with the mics okay. that are saying we're not going to let this get diluted or washed out by big players in Hollywood. We're going to go to the mics who are, and I don't know this, uh, maybe average to high average guys that are ho still Hollywood producers, and there is money for big budget. But new enhancements. So he's going to keep it dedicated to its origins and you, keep the project's honesty. Maybe that's that's just saying, look, I've got people in place. We know. And maybe that I'm I'm starting to think lean there with you on that one, Greg, that this is another another chess move. Knowing yeah, who's going to be reading this. This is this is another area um, right around this time when he's told the mics, I, I think they, they meet um I forget what day they meet somewhere sometime in September, right? A little, we could maybe a little. We could look back on the timeline because he goes out there first in May or June. Yeah, and then wheels and deals, and then goes back there a second time. I think it was around this time, and things all are basically confirmed. Everything is, everything's good. Yeah, I think it was two weeks prior to to David posting this Facebook. Oh, really? Uh, this Facebook okay. thing, and so that's when they're going to turn. So he it might into be a... fishing here to see what kind of response he'll get from his inner circle because now he's already knowing he's he's moving ahead without them. Interesting. Yeah, and and when when you look at the comments, as far as what I saw or people asking questions, I didn't see a lot of the Gray State goons in there asking questions or commenting or anything. Correct. There either. Yeah, he did that, this all himself and the people commenting were the actual true fans. They weren't right. anyone in the leadership, any part of the management group. I found that very, very interesting. Because once again, I don't think that they knew about it. I also don't think they cared. They were riding on David's coattails. They had their own lives to live. Mm -hmm. uh, David, this was his life. This was his full time job. And so he, he did this and maybe that's why he just did a spur of the minute, spur of the moment, 20 minutes answering questions knowing no one else would be in there to impede him 
uh, or, or dilute or water down um, his, his answers. Um, interesting. Yeah, and 20, 20 minutes is not a very long time, especially if he just say, hey, for the next 20 minutes and boom, and people start flooding in. It's almost like he wants to make sure that none of those gray state goons have a chance to even I agree. jump in, maybe. I think that he didn't want them there um, so he could drop some of these little breadcrumbs here and then also answer questions in between. Um, in response to the comment that it's been three years since gray state was first developed, Crowley responded, quote, no. It's been a lot longer, and there are years to go, end quote. More evidence of the future. <laughs> Thinking highly of the future. Yep, yeah. very positive. In a separate comment, Crowley confirmed his long-term plans. Quote, the film is ready to go, but at night it might take forever, and then still fail at any point in production. A series might be immediately tangible, and instead of interfering with the film, set it up for success a year or two down the road big picture stuff and quote once again referencing to not being afraid to failing uh he's got big plans and there's options a and b there's mm -hmm. there's things that if it doesn't work there are other options that means that he's thinking big big time david crowley's most challenging thing about the project was quote trailblazing the timeline it's been either a very small team or just me alone working on this thing for years trying to make it work i do not just want this movie done so the fans can see it online i want millions to get blindsided by it in theaters end quote once again referencing myself the for uh the the, the term alone is mentioned the quote small team um and he's, he's also not doing it just to make the, the fans happy he's trying to get this topic exposed big time. So David's future plans for the movie were clear quote, we're talking to producers about it. If we can't see a tease, if we can't tease a producer into splitting 15 to 30 million, which is still our goal, then we will take it back and do it independently. The point is we want Hollywood money, but not Hollywood politics and quote, very important topic here. And he also drops the 30 million. Yeah. Yeah, which they said, oh, no, he would. That was never part of the that was never part of it. That was all just made up. And here, here he is saying it here. And this could be where Jordan Page got that. And then when you talk to to Michael, Michael Bozio, that's what he said. He said, hey, yeah, we, we figured it would cost about, you know, 25 to 30 million to make this project. And so. anything less, meaning they would they would then, hey, if, if that doesn't work, we'll go back and do it and release it indie, uh, an indie film. We'll do something like that because we, we're not going to be removing the point, the thrust of the topics. Right. Well, they want to make he wants to make sure that this happens. And he also admits here he's basically saying that he knows how Hollywood works. Hollywood is politics. You're going to get in for big bucks. Uh, there are going to be certain things you're not allowed to touch, topics you can't touch, things you can't say. Uh, and whatnot. And so we want the Hollywood money, but not the Hollywood politics. And so <laughs> that's these guys were a perfect fit, I think. Yeah, that's that, that's hard to get the Hollywood money without the Hollywood politics, though. That's pretty wish, wishful thinking. But um, definitely, I'm sure in a perfect world, every every person would want that. And I don't blame them at all. But um, that may be a good place to wrap this one up here, Dan. What do you think? Yes. Uh, the next uh, topic it gets into more with Kamel and some of her friends and things like that. But this is a topic. This is a good episode, Greg, because it touches on so many things, so many positive things, uh, uh, messages that David is talking about being positive, looking forward to the future. 
in other words, anti-suicidal. We could mm -hmm. throw those things away. He never was suicidal. He was talking about the plans and him dropping all these breadcrumbs to the guys. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And, and all within that, that one day with, I mean, really September 30th um, and hopefully it, it's still out there, but if people want to go back and read that, you can read all of the different comments, everything that David. Yeah. It was a giant, said on that day. Uh, just a giant thread on Facebook. Was it not that comments were just threading it in there with all these various comments and he was um, jumping around answering things. Yep. And we also have that on, I'm sure you have it too, Dan, on your, on your website, ug, ug, on ugly truth. I don't think it's there as far as the September 30th stuff. That was, okay. uh, I think you have that covered as far as um, the, okay. the evidence and that's very impactful stuff. And that is where that one of those quotes was removed completely uh, deleted, removed, hidden, whatever it was, it was there screenshotted and then it was no longer there. And then it just had it just happened to deal with a trustworthy team. Happened to yeah. deal with the team. The second one that we'll talk about later is the one on December 9th that the somehow the police do find. They do find that one. And I'm still not sure how they found it, who screenshotted it, but somebody wanted to make sure that that information about December 9th, and we'll get back to that later on, did not die, which also deals with more of David's quote unquote friends or this team, which we call the Gray State Goons. Awesome. All right. Thanks for your time, Greg. I got to jump, but um, thanks again for the uh, another very, this is a very good episode. I think it'll get a lot of plays, it'll get up views, and hopefully there'll be a lot of comments beneath it, um, um, you know, talking about it. So please, please share this. Thank you, brother. Always nice to have you here and everybody stay tuned until next month. We will be back for another episode of the Gray Stage Podcast. God bless you all.